What's going on, everybody? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this show, SIDcast, a podcast that features sports information directors and athletic communications professional in the realm of college sports, and maybe, just maybe someday, even some pro sports, too. It's been a while since we've had a, a, a play-by-play guy or a broadcasting standpoint on. Uh, we've had a lot of guests that have talked about you know, getting it approved through administration, uh, setting up streaming, but we haven't actually had anybody. And as far as I can remember, it was episode seven with Joel Godet that kind of gave you the ins and outs of, of how play-by-play and what play-by-play guys look for in SIDs uh, as far as, like, what, what kind of info did they need, you know, not not specifically, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to go for there, but uh, Jim Powers is our guest today. Jim reached out to me uh, quite some time ago. Not really. It was more or less like two weeks, maybe. And he he asked to come on the show, and I, I said, sure. So did a little bit of research, and we uh, sent him the form, the guest contact form. And then when he put down broadcasting and stuff, I'm like, oh, my God. It's been a while since we've had a broadcaster. So I, I am really, really appreciative of him coming on. He is a fellow GLVC member uh, from University of Southern Indiana where uh, I work and go to school, uh, our conference, the Great Lakes Valley Conference. Um, Maryville is in St. Louis, if, for those of you that uh, that don't know. But anyway, let me get to some of these things here. Before we jump right into today's episode, uh, you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And for someone asked about getting it on Spotify, I can't do that. Uh, Spotify picks and chooses. Um, I tried. I tried to submit a, I guess it was like an artist's request contact. I, I don't even know. And then they de- denied that. So not right now on Spotify as much as I would like to be on there. I mean, gosh, that would be nice if I was on there. But um, anyway, on iTunes, you can rate and review. It just takes a couple seconds to do. And then be sure to subscribe if this is your first or maybe even your 40th. Uh, experience with SID cast, so be sure to go over and do that. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook using backslash sports infocast. That's sports infocast. You can email us anytime sports infocast at gmail.com. And our website is sports infocast or not sport. What I meant to say was uh, sidcast.fireside.fm. That is our website. And if you were looking for a specific episode, you can. Find it using backslash and then whatever episode number it is that you're looking for. And we're on our way to uh, 500 followers on both Twitter and Facebook. And um, hopefully, just hopefully, we'll be able to reach that by the end of September is, is the deadline that I'm, that I'm giving us, giving myself. Uh, next week, that's a little bit of a secret because I'm working out some schedule between two different people right now to try and uh, get, get a guest on before I take a break for a week, guys. And then I get ready and get you guys ready for uh, our anniversary campaign that, that'll be going on. I'll give you guys more information as the date gets closer to those. So now that's what I've been recording right now uh, is, is just a bunch of those, just sometimes twice a day, uh, almost every day. So it's getting hectic. But uh, Jim Powers is our guest today. We start off this episode by talking about uh, actually our two teams just played, our, our soccer teams just played, and he was kind of talking about um, the state of GLVC soccer and as well as the state of Maryville soccer and Maryville athletics as a whole. And that is where we will take off today, right here on SIDcast.
know, I mean, for, for the men's team, uh, just fantastic. Uh, first time we've started a year 4-0 uh, since 1997. It's our best start in the Division Two era. Um, so, it, you know, this is an exciting time for our men's soccer team. Uh, we knew this was going to be a big weekend for us, and coming in, you know, Bellarmine and Southern Indiana are, are the blue blood blue bloods when it comes to, you know, any of the sports in the GLBC, and to get, you know, a pair of wins in, you know, on the men's side against two very talented teams, it, it, it's a huge feather in our cap, and David Korn has just done such a great job um, as the head coach. This is his second year. And you could see a lot of differences. I remember when I first started, this is my fifth year at Maryville doing their broadcasting. And I remember that first year of soccer. To be honest, it just wasn't really good. Um, and to see where this program has gone um, up to this point is just unbelievable. Um, our women's team, you know, we, we, we played three straight double overtime games in seven days. And... We, we've gotten great results. We drew with Bellerman, who's number seven in the country, going into the game on Friday, which was a huge draw. Um, and then yesterday, you know, we, we get a victory in double overtime against Southern Indiana. And that is a big momentum push for our, for our women's team. Um, Allison Verville has just been fantastic for us. She's a, a junior um, that is uber-talented. And then we have a sophomore goalkeeper on the women's side, um, Allie Riddle, who absolutely made three saves over the weekend that were just unbelievable. One um, preserved the draw in the 108th minute on Friday and then made another one yesterday, um, you know, in the middle of the first overtime. So, you know, our women's team it, it is really, really improved. And there's a lot of exciting things. And then our men's team. It, you know, one of the great things about what I get to do broadcasting-wise and, and also, you know, working the SID side for the soccer teams is the, the names and, uh, you know, seeing the international flavor that our men's team has. Our goalkeeper, which a lot of folks around the GLBC know, Kristen Jersgerd, um, honestly, in my mind, one of the best keepers in, in, the, in the conference, if not maybe in the Midwest. And then... We, we have some other guys, Jorgen Pedersen, who had a pair of goals against Bellerman. He's been a leader for us, you know, up front. And then Billy Stymack. Uh, Billy's a senior this year. He, he, he has been here, and he saw what it was like four years ago as a freshman and now where we're at right now. And he has been a, just a tremendous leader on the back line for, for our defense and it, just seeing these guys grow and just seeing the excitement around our soccer programs has just been a lot of fun to witness over the last two years. And tell you what, a lot of expectations. We're going to wait to see the polls come out later on today. I, I really think our men's team is going to get some votes for the top 25. I know the, the UCA regional rankings are going to come out. And last week we were five. Bellarmine was three. Southern was four couple wins over those guys, I think we're going to move up a little bit to that regional ranking. And the, and the UCA poll, it, it is a great measuring stick. Um, you know, there's a lot of polls out there, and not discounting a lot of those polls, but, you know, the UCA poll, it's the coaches. It's the college soccer coaches. They're the ones that vote on this. They're the ones that are on the ground seeing the teams and different things like that. So I really lend a lot of credence to what this UCA poll is all about. 
All right, all right, cool. So uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Uh, your first experiences at Youngstown State. Uh, I want to know how you got into the business, maybe the play-by-play -play business, and I also want to know what was your first ever experience with a sports information professional? Well, I mean, you know, obviously going to Youngstown State, I, I had a chance to learn a lot from Greg Goulis. Uh, he was their SID back then. Um, and I really didn't even work in the office. I, I was going into education. Right. Um, but, you know, being around the sports programs, and that's what I've always been. I've been co um, coached football, coached basketball, coached softball and baseball. And that's how I kind of got into the broadcasting side of things was a good friend of mine um, during the football playoffs. Our football team got knocked out early, and he's like, hey, my color analyst can't show up tonight. Can you help me out? I'm like, okay, I've never really done this before. And he said, listen, all you got to do is talk about the game, break it down, and I'll throw you softball questions all, after, all night long. Ever since then, I was hooked mm -hmm. um, and did a lot of work up in the Youngstown area, and then moved here to St. Louis 14 years ago and latched on with a couple local radio stations doing high school stuff. And then, you know, met up with Mike Kern from the Missouri Valley Conference. And Mike is one of my best friends. And Mike has given me so many opportunities. And it's opened a lot of doors for me. That's how I got to meet a lot of the great SIDs around the Midwest and around the country, actually. Uh, working some Final Fours in the media coordination side of things, working some NCAA regionals. Um, and that's how I met Chuck Young at Maryville. And when Chuck was at St. Louis University, uh, they hired me to TOC some basketball games, and me and Chuck struck up a great friendship. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call from him saying, hey, we're looking for a play-by-play -play voice at Maryville. And I'm like, oh. Okay, he's like, do you know anybody? I said, well, I'd be interested. And, you know, sat down uh -huh. with, you know, him and Marcus Manning, our vice president for athletics and uh, recreation. And that's where it all started with me at Maryville four years ago. And it's now morphed into actually being, a, you know, coordinator of athletic communications. This will be my second year doing that. And it's letting me live my dream, to be perfectly honest. And... No, did I go into communications in college? Did I take journalism? No, but I've always been fascinated with it. Right. And that's where I, I kind of decided, okay, what do I really, really want to do? Do I want to stay on the corporate side and work in sales and, you know, doing some different things? Or, or, or you know, do I want to go into production, coordinating, producing, and stuff like that? Or do I just want to work in collegiate athletics and... Here's where I'm at right now, and it's it's really it's awesome. And, and the great thing at Maryville, um, you know, Marcus and Chuck still let me do some of my high school stuff. I've been one of the voices for the Missouri State High School uh, football and basketball championships for the last eight years. Um, I've done a lot of uh, ESPN three work with the Missouri Valley Football Conference and with the Heart of America NAIA conference. Um, and they let me do a few of those things uh, because it, it not only lets me continue to be involved on the high school side, which is one of my very first loves, but it also gets our brand out because when people see my name, 
everybody now associates me with Maryville University. Right. And it, it's, it's that name association that is just really, really cool. And it's really helped us to where we've taken our video streaming um, and basically a lot of the video content that we do at Maryville to a whole nother level. I'm just curious because uh, I'm kind of the same way. Whenever I called games, I have more fun doing high school games than I did doing college games. Why is that? And what, what, what is the fascination, especially for you, uh, with high school sports? You know, the big fascination for me, and I, I say this for both high school and college, the biggest thing is you're giving these kids the promotion. You're, right. you're getting their names out. Um, you are celebrating what they're doing. They don't get that, you know, on a lot of levels. You know, St. Louis, <clears throat> the bigger cities, you, you get a little bit of that. Some of the smaller towns, you know, that's what Friday nights are all about mm -hmm. is high school sports. And you're celebrating these kids. You're celebrating the coaches. People don't understand. And, and I, I have a unique perspective because I'm a former coach and I'm on the broadcast side now. Right. I know what coaches go through. I know the amount of hours that they put in. I know, you know, we sat, when I coached football at Brookfield High School back in Ohio, we were sitting around one Saturday morning after films, and we were just like, okay, you know, how much money do we really make as an assistant coach during the football season? Uh -huh. and, and so we actually sat down and broke it down. It's like 25 cents an hour. People don't understand that. And, and you know, anything that people can do to, you know, celebrate these guys, celebrate their student-athletes, that's what it's all about. And that's that's what I'm about is, is I, I want to promote what these student-athletes are doing. And you're going to notice, and we'll talk a lot today, you're always going to hear me say student-athletes. Okay. I'm a big proponent of that. They're a student first, and then they're an athlete. And we, we stress that a lot at, at, at Maryville. Um, and obviously it shows that Maryville especially, you look at a 98% graduation rate. We've been one of the top schools in the country with our graduation rates um, of our student-athletes. I mean, I'll sit on the bus when we're on a road trip with basketball. We're not fighting about who's, what movie we're going to watch on the bus or different things like that. Our kids are actually noses in the books, noses you know, in, in their laptops, and, and they're studying. And that's what that part of it, too, is all about. And I don't think a lot of us do a good enough job of telling those types of stories. Right. We're, we're more concerned with what's going on on the field or in the gym. You know, but there's so many great stories about what they're doing in the classroom. And when we have an opportunity last year, I think we had three uh, student-athletes make the COSIDA list in different sports uh, for all academic, for Amer um, academic All-American. You know, that's just, that's just awesome stuff, and those are great stories to tell. But to go back to the original question, it, it's the love of the game for these guys. They're not getting paid. Right. They're out there just performing and having fun. And same thing on the college level. They're, they're having a blast doing it. And that's why I love going Friday nights. Um, I'm still doing some stuff for the Fox 2 affiliate up here in St. Louis on Friday nights. Um, they put me on TV, which I still can't figure out why on Friday <laughs> nights. Um, but, you know, it, it's getting out and watching games and just watching these guys perform. 
and for the love of it. And that's why I really have been attracted more to high school and collegiate than I have really in the professional side of things. Yeah, I, I try to explain that to, to my former you know color analyst that I, I like doing high school basketball more than I like doing college basketball. And I don't yeah. know why. And I think that it just means more, you know, and, and that's what... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's a little tangent there. but well, well, no. And, you know, the thing is, you know, I get to cover the state championships. Right. To see these kids after they've won a state championship or after they just lost a state championship. It's the love of the game. I mean, you, you feel bad for the kids mm. that, that just lost it. And, I, you know, last year, two years ago, Probably one of the best, the most fun I've ever had doing a, a broadcast on any level uh, was the Class Three state championship here in in Missouri. It was a team out of Columbia called Tolden Catholic. They were playing Barstow out of the Kansas City side. Everybody's going to hear about Michael Porter Jr. and John Tay Porter. They were juniors on that team. On Barstow had a young man that's starting for K State right now. They had Damian Nash's little uh, son, you know, playing for them. They had 11,000 people in Mizzou Arena, and these two teams just went back and forth. And it was just so much fun. You know, nobody had more than a three-point lead the whole way. Everybody was into it. And it came down to the wire to where a couple missed free throws with two seconds left, or we're going to double overtime. The young man misses a pair of, and you just, your heart just went out to the young man, because it was one of those games where you just hate to see somebody lose. Right. But they laid it all on the line for a state championship, and you celebrate those kids, but you also feel so horrible because you know that, and that young man's moved on to play collegiate basketball. The other draw with high school too is people don't understand that. 90% of these young men and women that are playing high school sports, their senior year at high school, they're never going to play organized sports again at right. that level. So you have to give them your best as an announcer or your best, you know, in covering them because they're never going to see that again. And, and it's the same thing on the collegiate level at Maryville. Um, and, you know, we've seen some outstanding, you know, kids come through over the last four years. And for them, their careers have ended once they've graduated from Maryville. We've had a couple that have moved on. Robbie Gordon's playing in the St. Louis Cardinals minor league program, had a chance to call his games. Uh, Trey Pemberton from our basketball team uh, moved on. He's playing in Ireland, and he was actually their league's most valuable player last year. It's only two kids that have moved on to further their aspirations. Everybody else, they're going into business. They're going, you know. Yeah. You've got to give them your all because they deserve it. And that's that's the great thing with high school and college. And, and that's why I really like the high school side and the college side because, really, these kids will remember you. And that's the cool thing for me is, I'll get, I'll get guys, you know, kids from high school that I've covered, they'll reach out to me on Twitter and just say, hey, how you doing? I'll run into a lot of them around St. Louis, and they always remember who you are because you took the time out to cover them when they played high And to me, I could care about any accolades. I could care about anything else. 
that's what matters to me is those kids will remember that you covered them and you gave them some great promotion when they were in high school. And that's the really, really cool thing. So what does your uh, schedule look like around this time of year? I know Maryville does not have football. I, I, what would you do if they did have football, you know? But what is your, <laughs> yeah, what was your schedule look like? Um, you know, right now, um, you know, obviously we're coming into the third week of the year. So um, I'm talking to you from my home office right now. Uh, you know, so Mondays I try and take off. And, and it, you know, we as SIDs, we always talk about having that balance, having that, you right. know, that, that work-life balance. And, you know, Mondays I normally will, um, you know, try and stay away from the office. It gives me a chance to recharge a little bit. Now, am I going to do a little work? Absolutely. You know, this morning before we talked, I was doing my Player of the Week nominations. Um, going to work on a couple infographics for the week and some different things like that. It's nice that our soccer team's on the road. And we open up our volleyball season at home this week. So we've got a couple broadcasts to get ready for. Um, so normally for me, Mondays are an off day. But then we go in on Tuesday. Um, I set up our coaches' interviews. I do a weekly interview with our with all of our head coaches uh, for our main sports. And then for cross-country and swimming and wrestling and that, we go every other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get all of our coaches' interviews done. Um, we do our student athlete interviews, uh, which we've been having a lot of fun with this year, uh, especially utilizing Facebook live. And we'll talk about that later on. Um, but you know, Tuesdays, I try and get a lot of that stuff done. And then Wednesday, it just starts digging in for the weekend, you know, getting, um, getting everything set. I also handle all of our video board content for Simon. So, you know, Wednesday I'll go in. Make sure I've got my graphics ready for the video board. Make sure that that laptop's got everything set for it. Um, I'll try and get our scripts done for Thursday night's match, uh, which Southern Indiana is coming up on Thursday night to play. Um, so you know, Wednesday and thir- Wednesdays normally are just you know, hey, let's get our nose to the grindstone. Let's you know, let's try and get enough ready. And, and a lot of people re- realize that the more you get done early, the less stress you have on game days. And I'm a big, big proponent of that. I don't like running around with my head cut off um, three hours before a game. I would much rather be able to set all of our stuff up and and I could sit down and take a deep breath and, you know, not be stressed out over stuff. Um, And then, you know, Fridays, soccer's Friday, which, you know, we're um, up north. We got the Kenosha Romeoville trip with Parkside and Lewis. So Friday afternoon, I'll sit here and monitor the soccer games, um, get all that stuff done. Then Saturdays, Saturday we'll have volleyball at home, and then Sunday will be monitor, you know, soccer. So that's why Mondays are always a good day for me to take a breather because I know the soccer teams are taking the day off. I know the volleyball team takes the day off on Monday. Right. So there's really not a whole lot that I need to accomplish, you know, on campus. And once again, it's all about that balance. And especially working weekends, you know that as well as I do, and any other SID out there knows. If you try to push yourself this time of the year, seven days a week, come the end of basketball season, you're not going to have anything left in the tank for baseball, softball, track and field, and all the spring sports. So you got to kind of pace yourself a little bit. And that's the one thing I've learned um, is – Take those Mondays. Even though, yeah, soccer may be on the road on Sunday, and I could I can work from home, 
I'm still putting in a good five, six hours, you know, watching the games, trying to get recaps done, then updating stats and all that kind of stuff. I'm still going from noon to about six o'clock on a Sunday night. And we all know that. So you got to try and just figure out that good mix of getting a little bit of time and, you know, getting your work done. All right. I'm curious, when you moved from the broadcasting coaching side, what was the transition like when you had to go into the media relations side of it? I mean, what what did you have to learn? Um, what did you not know about the business? I, I spare no detail. You know, I mean, it, 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 was a se- it was actually pretty seamless for me. Um, remembering how to write AP style was probably the biggest, the biggest thing. It was a, it's been a long, long time since I've written AP. Um, so, you know, and every now and then Chuck will, you know, correct me on, on a few things, which is fine. And, and the cool thing is you've seen the evolution a little bit as well of writing now more bullet point mm-hmm. instead of writing long form recaps. And, you know, this year we, we've really gone to that just doing bullet point type type, type stuff, just shorter read because we're seeing more data that shows that people will read short form instead of reading long form when it comes to game recaps. We'd rather tease, quick hitters, and then boom, here's where we're at next. Um, but, you know, just you know, getting my feet back and acclimated to the right AP. Um, but when it comes to dealing with coach, you know, once again, I think I have a leg up. I'm a former coach. Mm. Um, you know, I can sit down and talk with our coaches and be a lot more comfortable with it because I sat in that chair when I coached high school stuff. Um, so it, it makes it a whole lot easier transition wise. It being, being from that side of it. Um, you know, I've, and once again, I've worked a lot of big events. Um, one of the things, you know, a little known fact, um, that a lot of people don't know is when I lived back in Youngstown, we hosted, uh, one of the big LPGA events at Squaw Creek country club. I was asked to run the media room. You know, I was a volunteer, didn't get paid for it, but I, they asked me if I would be the liaison between the LPGA and the tournament and handle all the volunteers. And when they first asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never done anything like this before. And they're like, well, you're the best candidate. We really would like you to do it. And so I did it for four years and it was an absolute blast. And just had so much fun. Um, getting to meet a lot of the LPGA players. And it was to the point to where the fourth year that they came in, a lot of them remembered who I was, and I was able to sit down and have some conversations with them. And, you know, one of the things um, was we were finishing up on Sunday, and my mom came up, and I was taking her to her car, and Nancy Lopez was walking. You know, we were uh-huh. driving by Nancy Lopez. And Nancy says, hey, Jim, we'll see you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my mom is, like, starstruck. And my mom goes, she knows your first name? I go, oh, yeah. I said, you want to meet her? And so Nancy walked up. I introduced her. Nancy pulls out a golf ball, signs it, gives it to my mom. And that was the coolest thing ever. You know, and it, those are the relationships. Um, you know, another cool thing, uh, working, you know, a lot of the NCAA events here in St. Louis, um, working behind the scenes in the media coordination side, 
North Carolina's been here a couple times mm. for either Final Four, regional, different things like that. So I would help out in escorting um, coaches, getting them to where they would go. Well, I you know escorted Roy Williams one year, and then two years later they came back to St. Louis, and so they said, "Hey, can you make sure that Coach Williams gets down there in the locker room from the interview area?" I'm like, "Cool, yeah, no problem." So. Waiting for him. We walk out. We sit in the back of the golf cart. And Coach Williams goes, hey, you escorted me a couple years ago, didn't you? I said, oh, yeah, Coach. You know, I'm Jim Powers. And he goes, yeah, I remember you. We had a great conversation. And we sat on the back of the golf cart. He asked how the family was, asked how I was doing, and just had a great conversation. Getting a two-minute ride between the interview room to the back side of the, you know, Edward Jones Dome where mm-hmm. the locker rooms were. And it's those types of things that are really, really cool um that that i've been able to participate in and we all know as sids and different things it's about those lasting impressions if you do things the right way and you're not overbearing and different things like that you you gain a lot of respect and you gain respect from people that you don't really know and it's really cool that you know those two people just you know that i've had a chance to meet and interact with, they remember who you are. Um, so that's that was such a really, really cool thing. And once again, I don't get starstruck anymore. Michael Jordan could walk in the room, I'll go, hey, Mike, what's up, and walk away. I won't sit there and just go, oh, my gosh, Michael Jordan's here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, any, you know, same thing. I had a chance to um, do stats for Kurt Warner the last year that the Rams played here in St. Louis. Uh, worked for Westwood One doing stats for them, and Kurt Warner was the analyst. And they're like, "Hey, can you just make sure Kurt gets everything he needs?" You know, I wasn't starstruck at all. He's a guy. He's a normal guy, yeah. and you know, it, that's the way he comes off. And those those are the really really cool things um, that you get a chance to do. And all of us in the industry, we're not starstruck anymore. We we kind of know what we have to do, get the job done. And not sit there like, can I have your autograph, please, or different things like that. Um, so, you know, making the transition was, was, was pretty seamless. And like I said, I think the big thing is being a former coach, it gives me a leg up a little bit because I, I know what those guys are going through. Just real quick, what what is High School Sports Caravan? It is something that we started 10 years ago. Um, myself, Harry Schrader, and Dave Green. Dave Green was running a local radio station up here. And I had my first year jumping into high school. I did some stuff down in Washington, Missouri. And then I, it was it's a 50-minute drive, basically, from where I live here in South City to, you know, why it was just too long. I mean, you know, it was just every week driving around. So I, I met up with Dave and Harry. And at that time, they were just doing a game of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, back in Ohio... Uh, for a station that I worked for before I moved here to St. Louis, we blew up Friday nights. We would do an hour pregame show, then we'd do a game of the week, and then we would do a two-hour postgame show. It was a huge hit. And so I said this to these guys. I said, hey, listen, let's really, this is what we did back in Ohio, Pennsylvania. Why don't we try this? And it was called the Caravan at that time. We added High School Sports Caravan. Um, and then all of a sudden, we turned Friday nights on 590 from 6 to midnight. That was the go-to place. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the caravan really kind of took off. And 
couple years ago, there were some changes in the in the landscape radio wise here in St. Louis. Um, some things that I didn't agree with programming wise. Uh, David left five ninety. Um, Harry was working on some other projects, and they changed some of the programming stuff around. And I made a decision that we need to just go a different direction with what we're doing with the caravan. And so then we jumped into video streaming, which was phenomenal. Um, you know, myself, John Edwards, Todd Schumacher, Joe Cochran, Matt Grover, uh, Paul Ellis, um, all dear friends of mine. And we decided to go a little bit of a different direction. And it, once again, we were kind of seeing where the technology was going as well. You know, a lot more people are going to video streaming. Um, so, you know, we did that for a couple years. And then this year, Everybody kind of, you know, once again, every, everything evolves a little bit. So yeah. everybody's kind of doing a lot of different other things. And so this year with the caravan, we're in the process of revamping our website. We're doing a lot more storytelling. We're not video streaming this year. We're going to do a little bit more video content work. A lot of the stuff that you see on MaryvilleSaints.com, you're going to see some spinoffs over on the caravan uh, page. And it's not that everybody's being lazy and doesn't want to stream games. It's just we're, we're kind of looking at some different ideas and some different options on how we want to promote high school sports. And I'm sure we're going to get back into streaming. I know it's going to happen. I think everybody just wanted to take a year to recharge and look at some different things. Uh, but the caravan has been me, you know, one of my babies for 10 years, and it's something I'm very proud of. Um, it, it's something that once again, it, it covers the high school kids and it gets them the, the promotion and the coverage that they deserve. Okay. So, um, I'm just curious for those, and I'm sure that it's growing ever so popularly, but for those, uh, SIDs out there that have to deal with uh, a play by play and a color commentary, you know, those broadcasters, what are some things from both an SID and a broadcaster standpoint what are some things that those SIDs can do to help out their broadcasts, their you know broadcasters' broadcasts uh, as much as they possibly can? You know, I think the biggest thing number one is just uh, pronunciation guides. Um, make sure um, you know they, they have everything that they need, everything that you know they're going to want. Um, you know, we want to make sure that visiting broadcasts. Have a spot. If there's internet available, make sure communication is is right. I know at Maryville, we have a phone line, but it's a twenty. It's almost a fifty-five foot run, so we got to make sure that you know if somebody's coming in and they're going to do radio, they've got at least a sixty-foot phone cord to get from the broadcast position back. Um, you know, so um, different things like that. Um, Stats, making sure, you know, everybody's got updated stats. That's, you know, the one thing that, that I do um, is once, like, I'll use soccer as a perfect example. Got all the soccer stuff updated yesterday. First thing this morning, got up and just started sending out updated stats to, you know, the you know up to Parkside, up to Lewis. Um, I'm sure we'll start getting our stuff in for volleyball. Um, and then, you know, just making sure they got everything that they need. I mean, that's the biggest thing. A lot of the broadcasters and a lot of the guys in the GLBC, pretty example, they're not needy. You know, if, if you get them the basics, you got them covered. And that's the cool thing is, you know, when you get to that point. Now, you, you start moving up levels, 
it, there's a lot more that goes into it. And right. when I do sidelines for the Missouri Valley Football Conference, we always have a weekly call. We get both SIDs on, pitch stories, different things like that. Um, so when you're doing that kind of stuff, say you're doing ESPN3 or different things along those lines, the biggest thing that you have to do is you know start thinking about storylines. Um, start thinking about, hey, are, you know, are we close to a record? Um, are, is somebody going to maybe break a school record or this coach is going for win number 100? you got to make sure that everybody kind of knows that that's going on because it's going to help the broadcast, but it's also going to you know, show people, hey, these guys are working hard. The SIDs are getting the information out. The broadcasters have everything that they need, and it makes it a lot easier, a lot seamless. Um, and, you know, a perfect example was a couple years ago, Harry Statham over at McKendry was going to break the, the win record if he beat us at our place. Yeah, we, we knew we knew we knew it was going to we kind of figured it was going to happen. And sure enough, you know, they, they come over, they need to win. And it was a great game. And McKendry won. Well, what we did was we built a graphic. We put it up on our video board. As soon as, you know, McKendry won, they wanted to do a little thing, and it was like, absolutely, whatever you guys want to do. We put the graphic up on the video board. We congratulated them on PA, um, you know, took some time out of the broadcast to congratulate them. Those little things go a long way. We got so many compliments, not from the McKendry staff, from their fan base, from people that were there saying how much of a class move that was to honor coach after they just beat you at your place. Uh It's little things like that that go a long way and and give you not only in the SID profession, broadcast profession, and your university, it gives you so much credibility and it gives you a lot of great public accolades. So for small colleges, maybe even smaller than Maryville and USI here, those that do video streaming, play-by-play, you know, actually cover the games, um, maybe their fan bases, the parents, maybe some of the student-athletes don't even know that they do a live stream. What, yes. what is the best way to promote a broadcast? Social media, social media, social media. I can't stress it enough. Um, social media is the end-all, be-all right now. Um we get our stuff out. Um, you know, obviously, we, we tell when we have our student-athlete meeting um, at the beginning of the year, we let all of our kids know, hey, we're going to be video streaming, um, you know, all the home games. Uh, let your parents know. Let your friends know. Uh, we'll take the social media um, the day before, and we'll put a blurb out. Hey, just a reminder, you know, the Saints are taking on – Southern Indiana and soccer, and here's the links. That's the biggest thing, too. Post those links. If you get those links out there, people are going to click on them. Um, and then game day, we'll do the same thing. Yeah, It sounds like you're, you're, you're doubling up and you're duplicating, but trust me. We started doing this last year, and we have seen our numbers exponentially rise with our broadcasts. Um, if you do all that stuff, that's going to ensure that the word's going to get out. And two, we're so we're so blessed here in the GLVC to have 
you know, the conference office that's getting that word out as well. But for those schools that don't have what we have in the GLBC, I can't stress enough use utilizing social media. Um, you get your Twitter accounts, get your Instagram accounts, uh, Facebook. Let them know where your games are going to be, and people will get there. And sure, you're doubling up some tweets and some different things, but believe me when I tell you, in the long run, it is going to help you really, really get the word out. And I'll use our um, our soccer numbers. This is the first year we've been able to stream soccer. Um, doing video, we tried to do audio, and it was just it's not the same. Yeah. Um, you know, but when we started, when we did video, our numbers have been our best numbers other than two wrestling matches and a Bellarmine basketball game that we've ever had on our Saints Vision platform. And a lot of it has to do is we've kind of changed how we're utilizing social media to get the word out. Plus two word of mouth as well. Okay. So um, before an SID starts a live stream and broadcast, what are some very basic things that they should have before they start doing that? Or maybe even presenting that to administration? You know, number one, and yes, this is going to be an advertisement and not an unpaid advertisement, but make sure you got a good platform. Um, you know, Blue Frame does such a great job. Uh, production truck is so easy to run. Um, it's got everything that you need. And everything that you're going to, you know, need to put together in the outstanding broadcast. Uh, but if you don't have that, if you don't have production truck and you're utilizing YouTube, you're utilizing Facebook Live, um, you know, make sure that you have a way to put graphics into it. Um, that's a big thing. Some people may not think it's that big of a deal, but I think it's a huge deal. Um, having at least a, a score bug or having at least something. Um, so, you, you know, when you're starting to put that together, you always want to make sure you, you've got a graphics package, whether it's Wirecast. Um, I know a lot of NEI schools are now starting to utilize some different things uh, that ESPN uses. Um, Brad Seigen over at MOBAP here in St. Louis, uh, they, after seeing some stuff that they did with ESPN3 and the NAI Men's Volleyball Invitational, um, they saw some different things there, and so they actually bought a laptop that has a lot of the ESPN graphics built into it. Um, so it's a, it's a real good look. It's a clean look, um, but it also adds to the broadcast. Uh, but now, do you have to go that direction with it? No. There's a lot of other cheaper alternatives out there because I know we're all under budget constraints. We are at Maryville as well. Um, you know, but that initial hit is going to be well worth it in the long run. And that's what we did four years ago. Um, you know, we bought a pair of headsets. I said, hey, yeah, these headsets are $200, but we're going to get long life out of them using the same pair of headsets that we bought four years ago. And we're going into year number five. Uh -huh. um, you know, mixing board. Yeah, you know what? I think we've gone through one mixing. We've gone through, we've burned out a mixing board two years ago. Um, and it happens. Mixing boards, sometimes they just crap out on you. Um, but, you know, those things are, you know, if you get a good one for $100, you're in great shape and it'll normally last two, three years. So, you know, cameras, a lot of people think that you have to buy a $3,000, $4,000 camera. You don't. If you come to Maryville, 
you're going to see us streaming our games on just a little mini hand cam. And the quality is fantastic. We're able to pull an HDI feed, but it still works. And guess what? It's a $250 camera. That is what all you need. If you just make sure you're getting, you know, good quality, you know, MacBooks, that's going to be your biggest expense. I'll tell you this much, and I would say, and I, you, I think a lot of people have heard me talk about this down at Cosida over the last couple of years. PC, Windows-based laptops are not really the best when it comes to video streaming. You really want to go spend the $1,500, get a MacBook. That's what MacBooks are built for. Um, they're built for more video. They're built for more pictures and different things like that. Um, and that's what we did. You know, knock on wood, I'm going to knock on my laptop right now. It's lasted three years without any issues. Uh, but, you know, next year we're going to build into our budget to go ahead and upgrade and, and get a newer laptop. That's going to be your biggest hit maybe every three, four years is, you know, getting a newer laptop just to keep up with the times as well. But really, to get started with video streaming, the biggest thing is making sure you got a great platform, making sure you got a good, good laptop, camera, headset, and mixer. You could probably do all of that for less than maybe $2,500 to get started. Okay, cool. So now that some SID has, has created, gotten all the equipment and things, they need broadcasters. Uh, and maybe they reach out to their student radio station, or maybe they just put a call out. And maybe you get some undergrad inexperienced students. What, what would you suggest to those SIDs who now have to train said new broadcasters or said new staff members? What, what would be the best way to do that? And then, then I promise we'll move on. No, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Number one, um, make sure they got a little background. Make sure they're not afraid to be on a microphone. Um, yeah, they may love this. They may love sports and they may, they, they may want to start getting involved. Uh, but, but ask them what their background is. You just don't want to throw a student on a headset or somebody from the stands on a headset that's never broadcast before. Um, I know here in St. Louis, there's a lot of high schools now that are really pushing, um, you know, broadcast programs. Uh, there's actually classes now for kids. There's clubs now. And that's really cool because now they're getting that broadcast experience. They can walk into school and as a freshman or a sophomore, they can step into a microphone and, and do the type of job that you want them to do. And so that, that would be the biggest thing is you just don't want to throw anybody onto a headset make sure they at least have a little bit of broadcasting background. Um, <clears throat> if they want to work behind the scenes, if they love sports, great. They have to understand the time commitment. And that's going to be the, the other big part of this whole thing is their time commitment is just as much as our time commitment as an SID. You know, they're going to be there on a game day for six, seven hours. Have to make sure that they understand that type of stuff. They have to know that, hey, we got a double header. You need to be here an hour before. You may not get done until a half hour afterwards. So on a given Thursday in the GLVC, our home game started 5.15. With the women, the men start at 7.30. They may be there from 4 o'clock till 10 o'clock. 
And, and that's a big, big thing. And that's kind of a little bit of a struggle that we find <clears throat> here at Maryville is we got kids that are interested, but then they don't understand the time commitment that's involved. It's not a bad thing. It, you know, it's just you have to find the right person that is willing to make that time commitment and be a part of it. And that's what we're actually this week is I'm going to be talking to a few of the communication students and getting them involved with what we're doing with our Saints Vision broadcast. So, you know, you, you got to kind of vet it a little bit. you got to weed some people out. But I think in the long run, getting the students involved is absolutely huge. Okay. So now we'll uh, transition to part of the interview where I, I like to ask fun questions. What is your biggest broadcasting horror story? Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. I would probably say... On the high school side, we, we doing you know producing some of the state championships and being a part of those broadcasts just rain delays at baseball, state baseball championships. We've always, 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 always had rain delays, mm-hmm. and you just can't you just can't get away from it. Um, and the biggest thing is, what do you do during a rain delay? Well, obviously, you got a camera outside. You got to figure out where you're going to put that camera. You know, at least show lightning or show it storming or anything like that. Um, the broadcasters, how do they turn it into rain delay theater? Um, and those things are just logistical nightmares um, because you just don't know. You don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know what's going to go on, how it's going to go on, and all that stuff. Um, you know, so that's probably um, the biggest nightmare that I've ever had was just dealing with rain delays during outdoor events, especially baseball, soft, especially baseball and softball. Okay, so um, what advice would you give to a student going into the SID profession? Once again, I think it's just understanding the time commitment. It's understanding. Um, it's understanding how things work and, and what they do and how they do it. Um, making sure that they're up to speed on the different new techniques out there. Obviously, AP writing style. Um, what new technology-wise is out there. Because um, you want to be up to speed on all of that stuff. And that's where we are very fortunate is, you know, we're up to speed on a lot of the new um, technologies out there. So we know what's out there. We know what's coming down the line. Being a part of COSIDA is huge. You know the benefits. I know the benefits. Um, you You need to have that professional organization that you could turn to colleagues um, and have conversations with. We're fortunate in the Great Lakes Valley Conference to have SIDs that will help in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I've had plenty of conversations with, you know, Luke Rennie down Missouri S&T, John Keane. Um, you know, those guys are just unbelievable. You know, down at Southern, you know, you know Ray and Dan. Um, we're just, you know, we've got a great family of SIDs. Um, so we're really really in a great situation and that's the big thing too is get your foot in the door if you got to be a GA for a year be a GA for a year 
you got to earn your stripes. You're just not going to walk into the SID position at North Carolina. You're not just going to walk into the SID position at Ohio State. Start out in an NAIA school. Start out in a Division Three, Division Two. If you have aspirations to move up and you do everything that you need to do on those levels, you're going to get noticed. It's going to add to your resume, and you are going to be able to do a great, great job. Okay. All right. So when you do look around the GLDC, maybe Division Two, or <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> even maybe across the country, and you look at an SID. Excuse me, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Maybe you look across the country and you look at an SID and you say that, that that's a good one right there. What, what are some things that they do or maybe some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Preparation. Um, you know, they, they know what they're doing. You know, game nights, you don't see them running around with their heads cut off. Um, we've all done it. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say we've all never done it. We've all done it. We've all had last-minute glitches. It's how they come across if there's an issue um, that you're dealing with. I know, you know, on my end, do I get a little bit frazzled, a little bit, you know, on edge? Sure I do. If, there, if I'm having issues with the broadcast or I'm having live stat issues, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to throw me for a temporary loop. But then I also know that, hey, there's a lot of people watching me right now. They don't need to see me running around with my head cut off. We just got to make sure we figure out what's going on and get the job done. Um, and so that would be one of the biggest things that I would say is if there's a, if you got something crazy going on, don't show everybody in the world that there's something stupid going on. You just got to go about it, stay calm, work through the issue, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to work itself out. Now, obviously, if you have a stack crew computer that decides to take a dump on you uh, and you don't have a backup laptop, okay, now you maybe may get into a little bit of the panic mode because now not only have you lost your live stats, you've also lost, you've got to hand stat it, then get to that second laptop, and it, we all know the struggle there because the struggle's real. Uh, but don't show people that, those types of things are taking place in the background. When you're out in public, you have to you have to show that you are not phased by any of that type of stuff. All right. So, um, what's one thing you're interested to learn more about in this profession? I'm always learning. I'll be perfectly honest. I think anybody in sports information in broadcasting. You're learning every day. I learn new stuff every single day, and it's it's awesome. If it's even learning one new thing about one of your student athletes, that's awesome because you can use that in your broadcasts. Or if you're an SID trying to figure out some stories to pitch, that that is going to go a long way. So you know, always learning about what's going on in, in the department with the teams. Um, I'm always, you know, I try and talk to the, to the student athletes whenever I get a chance just to say, Hey, what's going on? Um, different things like that. I think technology, I, I'm one of those guys that I, I really want to know what's on the cutting edge. Um, you know, Facebook live, I'm telling you right now, I think Facebook live is a gold mine. Um, to get the word out about what you're doing with your student athletes. Uh, we just, you know, we talked about it down at Cosida this year. 
Um, and I've been utilizing Facebook Live now for some of our student-athlete interviews. And we've, we're clearing 15 to 1,700 views on our student-athlete stuff. Uh, Friday, we interviewed, you know, Jorgen Pedersen had two goals against Bellarmine. He had nearly 1,500 views, and half the comments were from his family back in Norway, which was awesome. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's always learning new technology, and that's something that I really try and do is try and stay up to date on what's going on technology-wise. All right. Uh, do you need to take that? No, it, it's just an email. Okay, cool. Um, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? I play golf. Um, you know, one of the things that we try and do during the summer, um, we basically will take Friday afternoons off and get out and we'll go play golf in the afternoons. Um, Friday nights, like I said, I love to go watch high school football. Uh, love to hang out and, you know, visit with, you know, I've, become friends with a lot of great high school coaches and different people here in the area. So for me to get out on a Friday night and watch, um, watch some football, it's awesome. And then also, you know, my, my better half, and, and I do stress the word better half because she really is, you know, my girlfriend, um, you know, she's a coach as well. She coaches on the high school level here in St. Louis swimming and she's a teacher and, you know, I know how busy her schedule is. She knows how busy mine is. But we always try and take some time to just have our evenings. Uh, we, you know, we'll get out, we'll, we'll grab dinner, or, you know, do different things like that. And, and that's very important. If you've got a significant other, you, you, you got to make, you've got to figure out date nights and getting out and, you know, having a little bit of fun. And that's that's what we like to do. You know, even if it's going, grabbing dinner, watching some football. Because she's a sports she's a sports nut as well, which makes our relationship really, really good uh, because we both love sports. So, you know, we'll sit around and watch, you know, watch the Cardinals play or we'll sit around and watch college football. And that's that's huge too. But, yeah, I mean, just getting away and, and you know, getting a workout in. And that's the one thing that I'm going to start getting myself back into now that we've kind of settled into our routines is I'm going to try and get to the gym every day um, just to spend some, you know, get my mind right and get my body right and different things like that. So, you know, you just got to, you got to have a little bit of fun. It's not all business. Um, it's not all that work stuff. You, you got to have that balance. And I love that we have really stressed that in our Posida stuff. Because I think it's really important. I think you have to do that in order to be successful in this industry. Next time someone is in St. Louis, and I'm hoping to be there, you know, at least a couple times throughout this year, what is your restaurant recommendation or bar? Oh, okay. Do we want Italian? Do we want... Whatever you want. Whatever okay. you got. I, I would say if you're coming to St. Louis, you've got to get to the Hill area. Um, the Hill is a awesome, awesome play, uh, area. It's got about 10 Italian restaurants. It's the Italian part of St. Louis. Uh, La Russo's is one of my favorites. Uh, love their, love their Italian food. Um, it's just a really, really neat little place. But if you want Italian food, 
I'd say go to the hill, pick any of the Italian restaurants, but but I favor La Russa's. Okay. All right, cool. So if anybody had any follow-up questions, maybe just wanted to network with you after this episode, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, you Twitter, you, you know, I, I'm on Twitter. It's at HS Sports Caravan. Uh, you shoot me an email, you know, at, at school. It's jpowers at maryville.edu. Um, you know, Facebook, it's Jim Powers on Facebook. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, love to hang, you know, we, we do the Monday night stuff, you know, the SID um, chat stuff on Monday nights from 8 to 9. Mm-hmm. I know I've hosted one. Kelvin does a great job. And, and that's also a really, really great way for all of us to kind of stay in the loop. And those Monday nights are a lot of fun between 8 and 9 Central Time. We, uh, we have a good time. There's a lot of side conversations that go on um, via text message that a lot of people um, don't. But we get a lot of great information. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, Twitter, um, you know, email, Facebook, you know, I, I, I access all of them. All right, perfect. Well, Jim, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. It's been a blast. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Thanks. Uh, so, everybody, I thank you all for downloading and subscribing to this podcast here on iTunes because this is the only place that we are on. Someone asked me about SoundCloud and you know the answer to that. So only on iTunes. But if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And just if it, it just takes a split second to give us a rating or a review. It uh, helps out with the iTunes algorithm a ton. And, and that'll help us kind of grow our community and grow this kind of family that we have had of listeners uh, over the past, heck, almost a year now which is kind of crazy to think about. And speaking of a year, you guys, at the time of this episode, I think I'll have one more episode coming out in September to round out September, and then I'm taking the week off, all right? Uh, I'm taking some time to myself because after that week, I believe it's the second or the first full week, I no, second full week in October, we'll be having our seven episodes in seven days for the one-year anniversary, and they're all going to be from the Hoosier State. And I'm proud to tell you guys that we'll be having some sort of like standings contest. Uh, It's like Hangman. We will have the letters of each, you know, of each school. A couple of them will be blank. You got to fill in the blank. First one to fill in the blank gets X number of points. One with the most number of points at the end of the week will get a free SID cast t-shirt. So that's just the, the, the way that that will go. And I'll have another Tuesday talk coming out about that here soon. So uh, next week, I don't know exactly who's coming on yet at the time of this recording, but we hope to catch you all in the next episode.